0: And welcome to the first episode of the Rookies podcast presented by Cosmos Sports and Entertainment. I am your host, Olivia Sala, and joining me are my two co-hosts, Tristan Tata and Anne Lewicki. Together, we are going to help share our interns' perspectives regarding their internships, their roles within the business, as well as just general topics in sports and entertainment news. On today's episode, we will be discussing sales and what exactly that means, as well as the role one can play within it. Ticket sales is a big part of what we do here at Cosmos as it is one of our main services that we provide for our clients. So I'm sure we're going to have a lot to talk about. But before we get into that, I'd like to introduce to you all our guests for today's episode, starting with our veterans. We have Michael Lorkovich, who is the director of ticket sales for the Brampton Beast Hockey Club, as well as Devin Tivendale, who is an account executive for the team. The Brampton Beast have been a client of Cosmos since 2013. Our president Carrie Kaplan is also the president and general manager of the team. So we have a very close relationship with them. And both Michael and Devin, Interned for the Beast before being hired full-time. So we are very excited to have them on to provide us with some of their expertise regarding sales, as well as any tips they can provide students to ensure their success in the industry. On our rookie side, we have Dan Miller and Daniel Lamming. They are two account executives for Cosmos' fall semester internship program in a sales role and joining them are Stephen Mobilio and Matt Fisher, who are also two account executives for the Beasts Fall Internship Semester. So, welcome everyone to the Rookies Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Let's jump right into today's topic. I wanted to start off by asking each of you what your definition is of sales. I know this is something that we have gone over in training sessions with Carrie, but for the purposes of our show and our listeners, maybe you can just share your thoughts on this. So Stephen, maybe we'll start with you.
1: Yeah, for, for me, like I kind of been learning on the fly that just being able to build relationships with other people and just kind of talking to those that have in, have already shown interest in the product that we have been able to provide and asking them about their experiences and just growing a connection with them and being able to just relate with them and treating them like they're a person. I find that I didn't really have a full understanding of what sales was before really coming into it, but I've learned from uh, Michael and Devin, like building that relationship for me is like, the most important thing and I think it really plays a big part in sales in general
0: awesome and how about you Matt
2: yeah to kind of follow up with Stephen there I think uh, that relationship building has been the biggest part of of our sales product at the moment um, just kind of reaching out to people and having them you know, believe in the same thing you do when you believe in your product and, you know, really reach out to people and, and get them, you know, to feel like they're a part of something is, uh, is the biggest part of getting people to follow you and making that sale.
0: Awesome. And Daniel.
3: Yeah. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of uh, piggybacking off of everyone, but <laughs> yeah, just to follow up with what Matt said there. Yeah. Um we have we've had to buy into like what we're doing we learn it and we just want to pass it along um, and get people to buy into our product as well by building relationships as steven said Um, and we just want to cap off on what the marketing team has been doing and um, just yeah close that sale
0: great and dan anything else to add just on
4: yeah i think i think everyone's pretty much covered most of it but i think definitely the biggest thing for me from like what i've been doing is just taking the system that we're presenting to the consumers and to the customers and having them buy into the system and going above and beyond like what your main duties are as a salesperson like trying to build that personal connection So once you make that sale, you know, people remember who you are and also the people, you know, remember like kind of kind of take the pivotal moments of your conversation and try and take that and build off of to close the sale. But yeah, everything's pretty much covered with that.
0: Great. And anything from Devin or Michael, anything to add from that?
5: Yeah, and I'll kind of reiterate on on what the team's saying here and. I think the rookies all had great answers and I guess to change it up a bit, I'll, I'll kind of go on the fact that at both the cosmos and beast, we kind of promote a culture um, of building those relationships of having confidence. Like they just, just mentioned, but also sales get sales, gets a negative stigma sometimes. Um, I know for myself starting in a, in a ticket sales role as an intern with the beast, Olivia, as you mentioned a couple of years ago, um, almost three years ago. Now I, you know, coming in, you think sales, you think knocking on the door, uh, someone knocks on your door, you're annoyed. You kind of don't want to answer it or, or, you know, you got a call um, from different companies on your phone. Um, Duck Cleaning is the first one that comes to mind. And and that's what you think, the first thing you, you think of when you hear of sales. And then you really get to understand through the trainings we've had at Cosmos with Carrie and and um, kind of learning the culture of both Cosmos and The Beast. It's, it's not that at all. It's relationship building and and we're here to sell sports and entertainment. Um, we're here to provide that fan-centric experience, and that's what we all have to stick to um, in order to kind of build those relationships on on the phone and, and not have that negative stigma come across when we're communicating that to our fans.
0: For sure. I think you definitely hit the head on the nail there, and that was kind of leading into my next question, was going to be talking about the uh, those stigmas, um, because we, we have gone over that with Carrie in a lot of our training sessions. So... My question to the rookies is um, as individuals who are just starting out in the industry and who are in a sales position, what are some of the things that you're doing to differentiate yourselves so that you're not falling victim to these negative assumptions that people have about sales? And um, are there any tools that you've learned in your internship so far that have helped you to, to do that?
3: So just, I, like, with with Cosmos, I've learned that just the the culture is so much different than uh, everything I've been used to before. Like, I've been in a sales role with, um, with, at a gym, and that's where everyone is very, like, very cold to, like, I don't want your promotions. Like, just, like, tell me what you have. Um, but uh, I, I've learned that, like, Cosmos is about happiness all around um, to its staff, and they want that to pass on to uh, potential clients and um, like ever like customers. Um, and um, one one thing that I've really learned from the meetings with Carrie was like if you go in just being you um, and not willing to take information from Calls and adapting, um, it's selfish and you're more likely to lose. Um, and yeah, you just want to always adapt and just stay positive.
1: I can jump in to, to that too. Like, I find like just being able to be personable right away is like a really big deal for a lot of people because whenever I've had calls and Whenever I ask, how are you? And then usually the response will just be, I'm doing good. And then they'll if they ask how I'm doing, then we can just keep carrying off of that before we even talk about anything else. And I think just being able to build that comfort with someone is just a real, if you can do that, then I feel like the conversation itself, when you are pitching anything, it just really makes it a lot easier for both sides. And even like something simple, like if I did, I catch you at a good time. Like I've been using that a lot to make sure that, even if I'm interrupting something I don't want to be like interrupting anything like they're in a meeting or anything and then just set up something in the future if if it's a bad time but showing that you're looking out for them as well I find
6: has helped a lot. I kind of have a a follow-up question to that and maybe this is more so for the veterans versus the the rookies um, that have experience but Do you find that like since COVID um, more people are just looking to have uh, just like a conversation, just start a conversation, more willing to just talk about life and chat, Um, you know, since we've been so kind of isolated from our social lives, do you find that it's been different um, as far as, you know, sales over the phone?
5: Yeah, 100% Tristan. I think uh, you nailed it on the head with that. They, I think anyone, I mean, we've been working from home since, since March as well. And, and if someone, you know, were to call me, I'd, I'd be more appreciative of that and want to talk more. So I do think people are more receptive uh, right now to having a conversation, um, you know, over the phone or over Google Meet or, or Zoom call kind of like this, which, which we kind of really appreciate. And, and kind of going off that, I think people are anxious to, to have something to look forward to. Um, so you have a couple of, you know, the first couple seconds in into the call to establish um, that relationship that you're not just, hey, do you want to buy two tickets right away kind of thing? um and then once you do build that relationship and, and you get them talking and you want to address COVID right away ask them how they're doing you don't want to be oblivious to it and and not um kind of mention that point but but then at the end of the day they they have they want to look forward to doing something so they're anxious to to purchase tickets for for whatever sport and entertainment event it might be um because we're all waiting for that day where we can go back to a hockey game or go back to a cricket match um so so you um kind of nailed it on the head with that and Dev, I don't know if you want to jump in and kind of go off that a little bit.
7: Yeah, I can add to that. Absolutely. Um, And Mike, you brought up a lot of really good points there. Like people are, uh, especially now more than ever, people are really looking just for a genuine conversation because there are a lot of people, you know, that are either out of a job or, you know, that have to stay home and teach their kids and stuff like that. And, you know, sometimes people genuinely just need to vent or if uh some people you know just need to put their life aside for a couple of minutes and just talk um just talk about whatever and it's it's been really nice you know we've been uh, doing a lot of these check-in calls over the past few months there especially with the beast um and some of those calls you know have been 45 minutes they've been an hour and a half um of just you know straight talking about um what's going on in life and stuff like that just to keep people's minds off things um yeah, so it really starts there with, uh, with, you know, just keeping our fans in mind that, uh, you know, that, that we care about them and that we want to, you know, obviously help them through a tough time like this.
0: Great. And so just to kind of follow up with that, because this, this also leads into one of my other questions uh, for you, uh, Michael and Devin, Um, how have you guys found keeping yourselves and your interns motivated to keep you know, hounding those phones and making sure that they're reaching out to people. What's that been like keeping the morale up um, in the office, especially when, you know, you can't see each other face to face, you're all kind of um, at home and by yourself. So what's that been like?
5: That's a great question. And that's something um, I've been really working at um, kind of on a weekly basis. So for anyone who doesn't know, I kind of got promoted into the director of ticket sales the week before COVID, so the week before our season got canceled. So I've never really, I I mean, I'd like to think I I led when I was an account executive and whatnot, but um, I've never been able to lead um, the way I wanted to in an office because we've been working um, kind of away from home. So um, constantly every day, I'm kind of thinking, you know, how, how do we keep everyone motivated? Even, even for myself, how do I stay motivated? You know, you're working from home, which I think work ethic tends to be better. I think we realized soon on uh, in, in this kind of adventure that, um, you'd think there would be more distractions but you're actually more focused and you you kind of get uh, the same amount if not more work done um, so for me I think it starts with the great team so I've been fortunate enough to have two great group of interns two great groups of w- rookies so far um, and it, it, I think it's really just having a culture where we're not just working from nine to five I think um, I, I try and set up with the beast interns and, and they can tell you we we have um a couple times a week we get together and just talk about sports and life. I think that's important um, because it's tough right now, right? We're, we're trying to sell sports and entertainment um, when we're physically not able to <laughs> have these events um, for, for rightful reasons. I mean, due to government regulations and we want safety is our number one priority. But um, I think in order to keep everyone motivated, even myself, we all have to communicate and you can't go to someone's office or cubicle and, and talk to them about the night before sports events on TV um which really is a big thing we promote in cosmos and beast culture is that foundation of family um, so getting together every couple times with different departments marketing and ticket sales at least from the beast end um, i think that helps motivate motivate the team um, really just you know we're in it together we're a family we got to stay positive and keep pushing uh, and i think having those meetings um, like we would in office as best as we can over google meet and zoom is one way I've really tried to do that and I've gotten great uh, feedback from that. Uh, maybe Matt, Stephen, uh, if you guys want to jump in and just talk about those calls we have with when we come up with d- different topics, um, just how, how's the feedback been on that? The internet, the rookies pick a topic uh, for each of those calls, whether it's top three places you want to visit, what you want to do after the pandemic, just things like that. So if you guys just want to chime in here on those, those meetings.
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I can chime in on that. I mean, um, one of the, the big things about, you know, staying motivated and, and and being a part of this team is that immediately when you come in, you feel like you're a valued member of, of the Brampton Beast. You don't feel like, you know, you're walking in, uh, you're an intern, and, I mean, you, know, you can't go and get coffee now because nobody's together, but, you know, you don't feel like you're just being thrown into the wind and, you know, given that uh, – you know, job that nobody else wants to do, but you're here for an internship so you can do it. Um, so you're immediately put in as you know a big part of the team. You're you're making those calls. You're you know setting up with uh, everyone else to you know enjoy our what he's talking about is that staff lunch we have together. It's just a an hour call where you can just you know hang out, enjoy, and you know feel like even more of a part of the the team. Uh, so I think that in itself just know makes you want to contribute to the team and and sell and that really motivates you in in its own way
1: and even I can add a bit to that too like just being able to have like building like that personal connection with everyone because we only really get to see each other like at 10 o'clock and four o'clock meetings and then maybe occasionally we'll message each other but like having that hour it just means so much just because we're able to get to know each other better through that hour and just being able to connect that way I feel like it just makes me like personally feel a lot more comfortable in where I'm at and even when I might think I'm struggling or to do something I get that reassurance right away from being a part of something like that.
0: Great maybe any of the the guys on the Cosmos end want to chime in at all?
4: Yeah, I'll come in there. So uh yeah, like me, John and I have definitely been so like John Styles is my supervisor with Cosmos so far for ticket sales and he always checks in on us at least once or twice a week. And then, you know, we always kind of start fifteen, twenty minutes just talking about sports, talking about what's going on, just getting entertaining. But he's been doing a really good job of keeping us focused, like giving us information every week of you know what we should be doing, what we should be looking out for. He's definitely keeping us motivated on the phones as well, too, just kind of giving us basic information that we can use. So if there's any questions, we have we have the information right in front of us and just, you know, every week he's been checking in, making sure we're doing good and I'm sure Daniel can add some more on to that as well too.
3: Yeah, definitely, Dan. Um, whenever we're in any meeting, it usually either starts or ends with just like some small talk about sports and just, you know, uh, especially with me living in Toronto as an Ottawa Senators fan, like it's, it's really easy just to uh, get little... Like feud conversations going, and that's as we all know that's what sports is about um but yeah it's it's so nice to know that even even people who are doing incredible things um, like they treat us like we're just part of the team, and uh, whenever there is something that huge coming up uh, we're always in the loop right away and it's, it's an incredible feeling, especially as an intern.
0: Awesome, so I'm just gonna kind of go ahead here into, into the next part. Um, so let's get a little bit more into your specifics of uh, your roles with Cosmos and the Beast and Daniel, I'll start with you.
3: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so right now, um, Dana and I wrapped up um, with the Hamilton Philharmonic Orchestra and uh, Tafel Music, and we've moved on to a coming account. Um, The Ottawa Aces is for the rugby team in Ottawa. Um, We're making an outreach prospect list right now.
0: Awesome. So how has that been um, for you guys? I know the the orchestra accounts are probably the two accounts I would say that a lot of our rookies uh, overlook as the accounts that they want to be a part of and kind of go into. So maybe Dan, uh, I'll go to you on this one. What's it been like uh, working for those accounts? What were your initial thoughts when you uh, received those as what you'd be working on? And you know, did- have you liked it? Um, what-, what have you kind of taken away from, from being a part of uh, HBO and, and TAFL?
4: Yeah. So for me, it was definitely interesting at first. Um, I did co- have, coming in, I did have a little experience selling tickets over the phone uh, with my school's box office. So I was definitely interested at first just to see like what it was like to sell orchestra tickets as opposed to sports tickets, which I was used to. So I definitely had a little bit of background in that. But um, so I did orchestra and HP or uh, Tafel music, excuse me, for the past three, four weeks. And that was definitely Something that was pretty intriguing. Uh, the people who I called were definitely passionate about passionate about either HBO or Tafel Music, like whichever tickets they were buying as well. So uh, you definitely definitely was able to close a couple of sales with that with those both those accounts. But I mean, overall, it was just it was definitely a good experience going through there, and I enjoyed it at the end. You know, talking with people, getting something new and different.
0: Great. And so I'll I'll switch over to the Beast side. Uh maybe Matt, I'll I'll come to you. Can you tell our listeners what it is that you do uh for the Beast?
2: Yeah, so what we've been doing, um essentially I'm here Wednesday to Friday. I am uh in classes Monday and Tuesday as well. Um, kind of nice to be at home. Uh I, I would like to get that uh sort of in the office experience, but uh just started a, a family here, so it's nice to be home for lunch and breaks um anyway so what we've been doing is really going through some past clients past uh, fans of the beast and just reaching out to them kind of building those relationships and with the hopes of uh having them come back and join us um you know originally it was uh december now looking at january 15th but uh you know whether it's um single game tickets or uh promoting some of our flex packs where they can you know get tickets to multiple games and and have that flexibility of choosing the games they want to come to uh so just reaching out on the phones uh through calls uh reaching out through emails and uh and just kind of gauging where people are and building those relationships so that in the future uh when they do start thinking about more of getting out into uh an entertainment setting, they can, you know, really start thinking of us and we'll be in the the front of their minds.
1: Honestly, like Matt pretty much nailed it there. And I don't think other than me doing it on Monday and Tuesday as well, I don't know if I can add much to it, but uh, I'm basically doing the exact same thing. Just trying to build those relationships and just being able to to talk to these people that have been to games and. In a previous season or anything like that, and asking them about their experiences and, like, even just being able to call, give them a call back, see how they're doing is just really meaningful. And, uh, hope, and even being able to have them come out, hopefully, as if, if at some point, and then we just being able to have that, have, give them that experience really is really nice.
0: Awesome. And so, I know with COVID and everything happening, you know, the game days we don't have them, the season hasn't started, we're kind of in this long off season. Um, that's very different for a lot of us, but um, I know that groups are a big thing for the Beast, and you guys have been working on camps and, and things like that. So maybe this is a question for, for Michael and Devin, you can provide a little bit more insight on this, but it's also going to in, uh, the interns as well how do you go about um selling the group tickets and kind of like what's the approach there to to get people to to come to the games or be a part of it yep
5: um i think i'll uh i'll let maybe Stephen and matt since they're just starting off on some group outreach and and also Devin dig in a little bit but i'll kind of give a, a brief overview um so groups are an important part like you said olivia of, of what we do here at the beast and i know also on cosmos on some accounts uh, on the ticket sales side but Obviously, right now, um, like for example, schools and and minor hockey, um, the two main groups that are kind of our bread and butter at the beast. Um, a lot of minor hockey teams, I'd say maybe half aren't practicing together right now, um, and schools obviously aren't allowed to book field trips. so um, we we still want to get commitments and you know get those group deposits in. Um, we're gonna play at some point. so we want to we want to get those commitments um, to us and and at the very least build those relationships and have that point of contact still, but Like you mentioned, um, I'll let Dev chip in here, but we've come up with some new innovative programs um, to cater around um, the times right now and really bring in some revenue generation and also uh, make it easier for us to get those commitments. So Dev, do you want to just chip in on what we're doing on on the minor hockey? So we got some stuff in the works for a school program and doing Zoom events with schools, but I'll let Dev um, kind of dig in with the minor hockey clinics we're running right now.
7: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like minor hockey is, um, you know, kind of what I've been doing since I started with the Beast. I'm kind of like uh, Michael there. I started with the Beast right as COVID hit. Um, I'm pretty sure we were working from home uh, already by that point. Uh, so I kind of only know um, selling from home, which uh, which I've gotten accustomed to. But yeah, it's uh, it's definitely not been easy. Um, in a time like this but yeah like Mike said we've uh, we've had to get creative and uh, kind of revamp some of our programs there like the pregame program like you explained there um, and yeah we've also decided to uh, start putting on some hockey clinics as well um, for some minor hockey kids um, and so you know that would entail um, you know professional level coaching as well from uh, some of our past alumni or uh, people that have been involved with the team in the past and um, you know we really want to start building those skills and, uh, and get Kids out on the ice because we know that's something that they haven't really been able to do, especially since uh, since around mid March. There is be out on the ice and actually practice with their team, and you know kids are dying for that. So that's why we kind of came up with the uh, the revamped pregame program and the hockey clinics as well. Um, you know, obviously just to start uh, honing in on some of those skills uh, that they would have there, and uh, to start uh, making that a team building experience as well, because that's uh, that's part of that's uh, half of the sport, right? Um, is to be close with your team and that's that's super important to us as well um, so yeah we've been really fortunate and really lucky that uh, we got to work with a couple teams here and uh, and then we're really excited to put these camps on as well.
1: Yeah like for my own internship I wasn't really ever expecting to be doing it this way but this is how it is and as, ch- as challenging as it can be like you gotta roll with the punches and it's at the end of the day like this is an experience that a lot of people will never really get and being able to sell at a time like this, even if the results aren't as good as it would be in a, in a normal setting that it's something that no one will ever really be able to do again. And being able to have that experience just, I feel like it's helping me grow in my own ways, just being, a, being able to build relationships over the phone, even not in person. And I think that in regards to just the challenges that we face in, When it comes to making calls, just being able to communicate with fans of what we're doing to uh, combat COVID and what we're going to be doing in our own plans is just something that they appreciate when you're clear with them. And just having giving them the info that they want to know is just really good for them, I think.
5: And I guess I'll, I'll jump in here too. I know uh, Matt and Steven just quickly for the other rookies on this call have heard this before, but um, I think it's, it's great opportunity that you guys are kind of with us for these four months. And I know you were all selected for your specific reasons, but even selfishly for yourself, you're, you're selling sports and, and you know, um, doing that outreach or whatever you may be doing with the account sports and entertainment during a pandemic, which not a lot of people um, would a be able to do b be fit for and see you can take that, um, whether it's with the Cosmos and Beast and the future opportunities or your future resume and future interviews, you guys, you're going to grow so much as people. These these obstacles are going to be and objections are going to be the hardest ones. I'm pretty confident for the rest of your life, if you, you stick in ticket sales or sales in general, um, that you'll kind of have to overcome. So I think you're all going to grow. Um, exponentially uh, even more than a regular internship groom, even if the results aren't as good as they would be before but you you guys are just building those relationships and getting around more objections than ever before and that's the main reason for it and has nothing to do with who you are or anything like that or or your effort if your attitude and your work ethics there the results will come so I just wanted to give that for a little piece of advice for everyone because I think I mentioned it like once a week in our beast calls Uh, so yeah wanted to jump in there
0: Um, I'll go to the go to the rookies here and just uh, ask uh, what your biggest takeaway uh, from the sales training sessions with Carrie has been um, or just your internship in general. What has been your biggest takeaway thus far?
1: Yeah, like with the training sessions with Carrie, I wasn't really sure what to expect going into them. But like it kind of just changes your whole perspective on sales in general, just because you always have the idea of going into it like, oh, you always just be yourself and, but in reality, it's not, that's not the whole picture, like, there's so much more to it than just being yourself, like, yeah, you can be yourself, but there's also like different versions of yourself, like, you're, you're going to be courteous to anyone you talk to because you, you want them to feel important and that they're cared for, because if you're talking the same way over and over again. And it's not really going to come off as genuine for anybody at that point.
4: Yeah. For, for me, it's just like believing in yourself and believing what you're selling in. So, you know, just making a personal connection with who you're talking to on the phone, as well as like every call isn't going to go perfect. Every call isn't going to be the greatest call in the world. So, you know, just kind of like flushing it from your mind, if it's a bad call and just getting the energy to make the next call is definitely, a biggest thing that I've learned is just, you know, every call is going to be different. So you just got to go in with like a positive mindset to every call that you're going into, whether it be sales or customer service or anything like that we've discussed.
2: Yeah, I think for me, a lot of it has come down to the confidence of it. Um, you know, I like probably most people in the world came in with the idea of that stigma of sales being kind of a a thing you don't want, you don't want to hear people call, but just through the trainings and and working with uh, with Michael and Devin um, just having that confidence and understanding that we're reaching out to people to build a relationship and then the sales fall in that way I think is my my biggest takeaway from it it's not see how many people you can call and ask if they want to buy tickets it's spend a little bit of time see how they're doing and your results will likely increase
3: yeah, and um a a huge thing for me um, as, aside from learning from uh, Carrie and our weekly meetings like just from the from the beginning when um, like like Matt was saying earlier, you know when you have these negative thoughts of uh, being an intern where it's like, okay, like go grab coffee like um, and just like every odd task will just be on you, but like from the beginning, like when we were making our like email signatures, it's like you're you're an account executive for Cosmos. Like that's what we are. Nowhere in there is an intern. And we're just part of the organization. And it's like it was such an incredible feeling to do that when you have all those negative thoughts of like, okay, like what's gonna be put on me today type of deal. But we're just part of the staff which is really nice.
0: So maybe I'll I'll go to to Michael and Devin. What has it been like for you guys going from an internship position to now a full-time position and what advice can you give to future students who come and work for The Beast or for Cosmos um, in their internship so that they can be successful and possibly move on to a a full-time role with the company
5: go ahead you can go first
7: okay yeah um yeah so like Olivia said there I I just got out of my internship in April this year um but yeah like the intern the internship was great itself um and then like advice I or sorry the uh the internship I had with the Beast as well was uh with their charity ticket program so I was the main contact for all the charities that we dealt with And, uh, and we actually were giving, um, you know, tickets to, uh, to some of these charities, so they'd be able to come out to our games, and just people who maybe wouldn't be able to afford them, or who might not be in the right, um, you know, situation to be able to, uh, to get these tickets, um, then we give them a chance to come out to our games. But, um, but yeah, like the, the biggest difference between, um, you know, the internship and, uh, and working full time, obviously, what is, like for right now, at least is, uh, is COVID, just because. Um, it's just so different, um, you know, having to sell all over the phone and, uh, over the computer itself. Um, like I, I find at least, um, especially when we go back into office and stuff like that, I imagine that, you know, we're going to be using a lot of things like this, like Google meets and zoom. I think it's going to become, uh, you know, some of the new normal um, you know, at least a part of the sales world. Um, and it's just easier to, to be able to connect with people. You don't have to, you know, obviously pick a location or anything like that. You can just hop on a zoom call and, and hash it all out there. And while you're still able to read each other's body language and everything like that. Um, and, uh, and yeah, but you know what, this, this whole thing, uh, since, since April has been, has been a huge ride and, uh, and, you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun, so I can't be thankful enough for that.
5: Yeah, and for me, I guess uh, the first thing I'll say, Olivia, is what well, we had four four of, of our intern group, four of us uh, got hired full time. I think that's the record. So no big deal to this class. You guys have uh, big shoes to fill. But no, all kidding aside, um, I think it's just come in uh, with an open mind and and realize you're going to be a part of the Beast or Cosmos family and culture. Uh, the culture is great, which you can see um, for you guys, at least hopefully in, in these Zoom calls and Google Meets we do, but especially... Um, When we are in the office, you're going to be treated as family. You're going to be one of us. Um, As you guys can see, you're doing all the work that that a full-time would do. We really do rely on each and every one of you uh, very heavily. And I I kind of alluded to this earlier, but I'll I'll kind of um, go off it a little bit is uh, an old kind of colleague um, advisor of mine uh, back when I was an intern kind of told me this and I've been telling this to kind of everyone since and especially my managerial role is um, just have a great attitude, have a great work ethic and the results and the skills will come, uh, especially in ticket sales. I think I have a lot of learning to do. I'm not perfect by any means, but especially when I came in, I had no experience. Um, but having a positive attitude and you know showing the effort, uh, committing to the outreach or whatever task was given, really helped me learn. The skills came afterwards, which you can always teach skills, um, but you, it's harder to teach the attitude and the work ethic. Um, so if you have the two of those, uh, you're bound to have results, you're bound to succeed individually and also um, help out the beast and cosmos.
7: Yeah. And if I can, uh, if I can just jump back in there as well, I think a huge part of it as well is uh, getting out of your comfort zone. So, you know, especially if you're coming in to be an intern for to be an account executive, you know, if you think you have a good idea that could maybe be used for marketing, or you have a a good place to target for sponsorship, then, you know, you shouldn't be afraid to, uh, to be able to bring that to that director and you can get yourself involved with you know, you can dip your foot in just about every pool in the bus- in, in this business and you can really get a feel for, you know, what you may be like and what you don't, what you're comfortable with and, you know, what you're maybe even good at that you didn't even know, right? So it's all about, uh, it's all about getting out of your comfort zone and, you know, trying a bunch of new things as well.
0: So. For any student um, who's looking for an internship either with the Beast or Cosmos, you can visit our websites. So there's www.bramptbeast.com as well as www.cosmosports.com. If you'd like to reach out to us directly, you can email me at osala at cosmosports.com or michaelhunter at mbhunter at cosmosports.com. Um, as well as on the Beeson, you have Anthony Fusco, who is in charge of the internship program there. Um, if you'd like to get in contact with him, you can email him at afusco at So that's kind of it for us on the internship side. Thank you, everyone, for being on the episode and talking about ticket sales. <laughs> Um, I'm sure your responses that I missed were great, so I'm excited to hear them when I go through uh, the editing process here, but uh, I'm going to pass it over to Tristan and Anne for our rapid fire questions segment.
8: Yeah, so our first question, it's kind of for the group and everyone. Since this is our first podcast as a group here and we're getting into the podcast game, we kind of want to know what some of your favorite podcasts are that you've been listening to and what you really think about podcasts and just some of your favorites right now.
7: Spitting Chicklets. Always Spitting Chicklets. Agreed. The Steve Dangle podcast is a really good one as well if you're a Leafs fan. I really enjoy that one as well.
4: Yeah, Spitting Chicklets, uh, part of my take, The Core. All great podcasts, all good listens.
6: Uh, and then I guess for everybody, um, you know, that's into like basketball and football, do you guys prefer like NCAA or collegiate or um, professional? I,
3: I, I would say for basketball, definitely uh, definitely a mix between the two. But for football, I, I'd have to go with the NFL. I just think it's too it's too top-heavy and um, SEC uh, biased that, like, I I just have no interest.
4: Yeah, I'll, I'll play devil's advocate. I'll go with collegiate football and collegiate basketball. I'd say I have a little bit of a bias because I just came off a LSU championship season, go Tigers. So there's definitely nothing like going to a collegiate football game as opposed to an NFL football game, just, like, the atmosphere and – I mean, NBA's product is definitely better than college basketball because I'm tired of watching 10 missed threes go in a row. But uh, there is also nothing like going to a good old college basketball game and just when number one comes to town against an unranked, the upsets, it's unpredictable. So that's what I like
6: about it. Can
4: we, can we get a Coach O impression real quick? Oh, I got, <laughs> I got no Coach O impression, but I think i Oh, man, I can't, I don't know you got me on the
2: spot yeah, just
6: here. Give but... me, just give me a go, go Tigers. <laughs>
2: yeah,
6: go Tigers. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, I was hoping you you touch on the, like the culture. I think uh, with collegiate, yeah, like the culture is second to none and like being associated with the school. So I'm glad you brought it up. But uh, how about in football specifically, um, when it comes to professional, is anyone um, more on one side or the other when it comes to NFL versus CFL?
3: NFL all the way. Yeah, NFL.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's uh, a big difference in talent, and it, it is a different game. And some people do like CFL, but uh, I think the NFL is a, a superior product.
3: Though, so if, if I'm to play devil's advocate, um, I think a lot of the rules in the CFL are pretty great. But like Matt said, the talent pool down in the States is just incredible.
6: Yeah, I will say, I like, like, again, like with the culture thing, um, like, I I, I love that, you know, the CFL is Canadian, but yeah, I mean, fair points for sure um, with the whole talent pool and stuff. I mean, it's cool that they're all like Canadians that are playing, but um, the level of play definitely is different for sure. Um, Okay, I'll just uh, move on to the fun question here um cosmos versus beast five on five who would win in hockey
5: this is like a, a great debate depending on the rookie class it's really up to the rookies um i feel like if we if we shut o'connor down the game like it's over well connor used to be on the beast team as of like like probably a year ago so when he transitioned it was a big loss for us but um i don't know what do you guys think What what's uh I don't know how everyone's hockey skills are, so I'd like to say beast, but who knows? Cosmos, you guys might have some hidden gems.
4: Are we allowed to hit? Or Is this like non-contact five-on-five? Right. Five yeah,
5: points? you no equipment, like just no skates, equipment. gloves, sticks, okay. helmet. Yeah, yeah.
3: Um. So no one's gonna like, no one's gonna get past me in net. So you know, it's it's fine. We're
5: cosmos, easy win. It's key. It's key. If you guys have a goalie, you might take it, because I don't think we have a tendency.
2: I'm pretty sure we can beat Daniel. That's not a problem. You want, you want, you want to scrap? You want it? A... <laughs> well, I'll
1: go. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I played enough. We can do it. I believe in our team's ability to get past Daniel.
8: Okay, so I guess we'll uh, move into our last question here. I I was a little hurt that no one was loving on baseball before, but at least we got two people that were talking a little about baseball, so this question may be a little more relevant. But last night was game one of the World Series. We got Tampa Bay and my favorite, the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, I'm hoping for a game seven just to prolong the baseball season, but who do you guys have right now for the World Series? Who are you favoriting and why so?
1: I picked Dodgers all the way just because – I mean, I've said that for the last few years and that hasn't really worked out. So, but I mean, I think the Dodgers are just way too heavy of a team for Tampa to take out. And as much as like it would be a really cool thing if Tampa won the World Series with the lowest paid, like basically all their pitchers making as much as Clayton Kershaw, and like that would be special. And I want, I actually really want it to happen, but I don't think it will.
3: I, I think with, uh, with the outfield that Tampa has, it's going to be really hard for any team to go and win four games against them. So yeah, I'm definitely going to say Tampa Bay because also the Dodgers are cursed. They can't win a World Series.
8: You're talking outfield. Belly's been pretty, pretty impressive out there. And so is Mookie Betts. He's going up there game after game. I think like they got Kiermaier, but other than that, it's pretty even matched in the outfield.
3: Yeah, but, uh, like, their Tampa Bay's defense, like, just their output is incredible.
4: I think I think Kershaw broke the curse last night. So, I was as soon as I saw that, I'm like, all right, Dodgers are winning. So, I got all my money on the Dodgers. I'll go with 4-2 in the series. I think Tampa's able to squeak one out. I think Morton will get a win. And then, tonight, Snell's, Snell versus uh, – oh, that guy's last name starts with a D. He's going against him, so. I, don't, I like Tampa tonight, but I like Dodgers 4-2 in the series. That's going to go on prediction.
8: Um, for the purpose of me putting money down, I'm, I'm hoping L.A. wins because the, the, otherwise, you know, as an unpaid intern, I'm just throwing money away. But uh, I'm, I'm there going for L.A. just because they've been through enough these past couple of years with the whole Houston scandal and just they have so much raw talent there. And I like so many of the guys on the team. Like, I love Mookie Betts as a player so much so I want to see him succeed I want to see Kershaw finally get through playing through all these injuries I think well yeah they do have an outfield uh, Dan's talking about output they don't have output with the bats and their percentages of home runs they don't hit the long ball as well as the Dodgers do and just matching it up there's no way that Tampa should come out of this would it be awesome for Tampa to win so then I could at least say at least the Jays lost to the best team that would make my own ego feel a little bit better um, coming off the season we had but At the end of the day, I'm thinking Dodgers got it all the way. All right. I think that's it.